You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. I'm Dave Griffiths. We're changing things up a little bit this week since the Colts and really the entire NFL are in kind of a lull period, a couple weeks off before training camp begins and minicamp is now in the past. Well, there's not as much to talk about, but of course, being the NFL, there's always something to chat about for the Colts. And what we have in store for you the next couple weeks, we're going to put together some interviews we did during this last minicamp session with Colts and Colts coaching staff, Colts players, uh, whoever they, um, whoever was available uh, during mini camp. So uh, today we're going to talk uh, the coaches. We're going to have Frank L- uh, Frank Reich on. We're going to have Nick Sirianni on, and we're going to have also uh, Matt Eberflus on. So those three guys. And then next week we'll get a whole lot more into players and all the players that came out and chatted during uh, during the mini camp session from. Andrew Luck to Darius Leonard, both who uh, did not see a whole lot, if any, action out there during minicamp. And, of course, plenty more guys, rookies like Ben Banigou, Rocky Sin, um, and, uh, and veterans as well. So, um, like I said, today we're doing coaches, and, of course, you have to start with, uh, with the head coach, Frank Reich. Uh, he started his career, of course, uh, if you remember, as an Indianapolis Colts coaching intern back in 2006, hired by Bill Polian, who was uh, who knew Frank from their time together in Buffalo and coached the Colts for a while, was a quarterback's coach, wide receiver's coach before leaving in 2012 when it seemed like everybody who was in the Colts coaching staff or front office left and half the roster did too if not more than half the roster and Frank Reich was among those who left went to Arizona then San Diego for a while Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl and came back to be the head coach of the Colts in the wake of he who shall not be named uh, uh leaving the Colts at the altar so to speak so Frank Reich at the end of minicamp his second minicamp as head coach let's hear from the Colts head coach as to what his thoughts were on the offseason yeah, hard to believe uh, the off season is over. Uh, finish up with a good mini camp, a little conditioning test at the end, and uh, it's been been a good off season. Feel like we've made a lot of progress. Come closer together as a team, take the next step in our schemes, uh, you know, and continue to get better fundamentally and tech, technique wise. Um, also excited about the, right the three guys we extended in the last week. Uh, obviously, Kenny, Kenny Moore, and Luke and Rigo. Um, you know, just talking to Chris, you know, Chris made it, has made it clear those guys are really embody what being a Colt's all about. So excited for them. Just think that sends the right message. Those are the kind of guys we want around for the long term. So um, other than that, we'll look forward to a break. The message to the team is basically, hey, we get a week kind of active recovery. And then you got four weeks of, of work to get ready. And uh, we really trust our players. We trust our players will take care of business over the break and, uh, and stay in good shape and come back ready to go. What does Kenny Moore bring, mean to this team and on the field and off? Yeah, Kenny means, uh, he means everything. I mean, he, he is a, a consummate pro, um, really. It's not only a high level of play, but it's the consistency of play. Um, that's really what I think he embodies. Uh, we saw the play. We saw his playmaking ability last year, uh, on the ball, sack, blitzer. Um, but really, just the way he brings that every day out in practice, and then out in the community, he's just he's a leader. Um, we love him. Can, uh, Frank, what did you first get a sense that Kenny is? When I got here, Chris, you know, so when I got here, as Chris and I sat down going over the roster, um, right from the very, I give Chris a lot of credit, right from the very beginning, he, I think he had, 
his eyes set on Kenny, knowing what he was going to develop into. Um, so, um, yeah, his leadership, his leadership, and the consistency and the effort, and then the playmaking ability, um, it, it, it just speaks volumes. If you could do your guys sort of, uh, do you tailor sort of plans for them for those four weeks you're talking about, or, is, or guys just kind of figure it out on their own, or how does that work? Yeah, no, uh, Rusty and Rich and, and their staff do a great job. You know, we have very specific plans um, uh, for the guys. Um, and and we re- you kind of make them a little playbook for that for this four weeks. And just we really want to be detailed on that. And we really think we can gain a competitive advantage in these in these four weeks because um, we have self self-motivated players win the day. Um, that's how you get better. Um, we feel like over the over that four week period of working out, we can we can gain an edge on 31 other teams if we take care of business. We saw um, Quincy Wilson. What happened to Quincy Wilson's left hand? He had something on it all week. Yeah, just uh, thumb. Just dealing with the thumb. One thing with again with the schedule working out the next month or so. Last year, one thing that hurt the offseason was Costanzo. Now I say Quincy hurts a hamstring, costs him a month. Do so you have to sort of balance? Don't do too much, or is that just an aberration? You think? Yeah, I mean, with Costanzo, yeah. yeah, I think he's at a really good spot right now. A year, not just in the scheme program, but really working with Rusty and Rich specifically, and our guys figuring out how to take care of uh, how to take care of him. So um, that's a credit to both of those, uh, to both Anthony and our staff for figuring that out. I think physically right now he's feeling great. And it's not limited, uh, so that'll that'll make a big difference going into this you year. Don't worry about players overtraining or whatever, and, and having another Costanza situation. We, um, yeah, we hope not. That's what the book is for. You know, the book is very specific, and and you know, and want them to kind of keep in touch with our training staff, um, keep us aware if feeling tightness, anything like that, and stay ahead of it. Frank, what do you think of the spring, Devin? At- uh, very encouraged. I mean, we we knew right away. You could tell day one he was smart. Was not going to have a problem grasping the system. Um, and then it's just a question of getting used to the way we do things, the way we teach things, and then our schemes. And I just thought he showed a very high aptitude for that. Um, and, and then really, as a route runner, you could just you could for a big guy. For his size, we've said he's got good feet, he's got good body control, so it was just really encouraged by his progress. Was this uh, period a good indication of your depth, do you feel like? Uh, what did you learn about your team from that perspective? Yeah, and, and that's that was the goal, right? I mean, you know, we said it, it's going to be uh, the, the, the harder to make the team, said that before, just the, the depth at every position, it seems like, is going to be very competitive. Everyone in this on this team knows that's good for all of us. Um, it, it just brings out the best in each other. How would you compare how far, how far away you are as far as compared to last year? How would you compare as far as where you're at as far as being ahead of the curve with all considering the number of players you brought back? Yeah, I think where we can be, I think it's kind of like um, once you know the scheme and, you, and we know each other and there's a level of trust that's been built, it allows you to get to the second, third, and fourth layers of things, you know, to get there faster, to kind of get down further into the uh, technique and fundamentals that's going to help us take a next step to get down into the second and third layer of a scheme of what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. Um, I, think, I think that all is a good starting point for us. 
Coaches get away for a little bit. I mean, are you here for a month or a week, and then you get away for? No, yeah, we get to get away, and uh, you know, I, I try to encourage the staff. I mean, these guys work long hours um, for many of the months, so try to get away and not do too much work. Um, and really get charged up for the season. Frank, will Andrew work with Tom House during this break? You know, um, yeah, Andrew has a plan, a five-week plan. Uh, seeing Tom, will, I'm sure, will be in there. I, I haven't actually, Andrew and I are meeting this weekend uh, to kind of go over his plan. We're going to meet on Saturday, um, kind of an exit interview, just to kind of go, Matt, just so I can hear um, his plan, just give any feedback I have on it. He, he's so good at this, right? He's so good at mapping it out on every aspect of it, physically throwing, retrain, re, whatever he needs to do. So we'll go over that on Saturday. Frank, how important is some of the off-the-field team-building stuff you guys did over the uh, off-season? I mean, I just think, it, you know, we, as everyone who knows the Colts knows this is a family-run business. Their Ursays are all about family, right? And and we want it to feel like that. It is that. It's, nobody has to manufacture that. So, um, I'll, hey, we're a football team. So, we, you know, 99% of what we're doing is playing ball, meeting, and working out. But uh, having a few of those activities, I think, are important. It's, fun, it's good to have fun together, get out of the building a little bit for some rock climbing or bowling or whatever the case may be. I think our guys genuinely like and respect each other, and it's fun, fun hanging out like that. So that was head coach Frank Reich. His biggest partner in the coaching staff is offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. Those two, they work together more than likely anyone else. And you'll hear Nick talk about that a little bit in his interview, just how how much these two are collaborating with each other and uh, hopefully don't get sick of one another. But they've been together for a little while. Nick and Frank coached together in San Diego with the Chargers and when uh, when Frank Reich was hired as head coach, brought Nick into the Colts for his first job as an offensive coordinator. Um, Nick's been in the NFL for quite a while, 10 seasons now with uh, NFL experience before that, coached in college at Indiana University of Pennsylvania as wide receivers coach, and then at his alma mater of Mountain Union, uh, coaching defensive backs. But even though he was DBs then, boy, he's been offense ever since from wide receivers to quarterbacks, and his offense with the Colts last year was quite good seventh best in yards per game sixth best in passing yards per game best in sacks allowed and uh, it's certainly a collaboratory effort between him and the entire offensive staff but you can't discount what Nick uh, added to that himself as well so let's go to Nick Sirianni during Colts minicamp he's been uh, doing this a while have you ever been a part of the team offense or defense that has returned so many um yeah, you know, yeah, not not where you always lose guys to you know retirement, free agency. Um, so this this was a this is a unique situation where we have all our all our key players back um, and, and ready to go and build off the what we what we did last year. So yeah, this is uh, this is somewhat new territory for me. Yeah. From an offensive standpoint, does it excite you knowing you never really had the full Jack Doyle last year? It seemed like it was like the hip and it just never. Never really had both those guys healthy for a long enough stretch. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's obviously as as he recovers uh, and gets himself back to, you know, what what he's done for a long time here, or for multiple years here. Um, it's exciting to, to to know that he's making his full recovery from his hip, from his from his uh, kidney, and and we're gonna have the the Jack Doyle that we had, you know, to start last year. 
because uh, I know it was a, what it was the second game against Washington where he hurt his hip. So we had we had him that first game. And we had him all training camp. We're like, man, this guy just is a great Colt, and uh, so it's it's good uh, to get a guy like him back because. Even though Jack was at every, you know, once he recovered and, and gained his weight back, even though he was at every meeting, it's still different when, when he's practicing. Jack would be a heck of a coach, but his presence and him, him, do, him leading by example is really, where, is really where Jack shines, and that's, that's good to get that back. Much further ahead of you guys offensively. I know you got, you got you know, a couple new play pieces on offense, sure. draft picks, but how much further ahead do you think? You guys are offensively, or how much easier is it when you've got so much, you know, so many returning players back? Yeah, I think I think that we, uh, we'll, you know, that first part of last year, you know, before we even got into fundamentals, like before you before you can start teaching fundamentals and technique, you have to teach them the offense, right? If they don't know what to do, then they're just going out and running. So that first whole part of last year, we were, you know, installing the offense before we even and we were talking about fundamentals and. But not as much as we were talking about offense. So now, you know, where the everybody—it's just a refamiliarization with the offense. What we started with this year, and it's it's quicker. It's, everything was faster. Hey, re, let's refamiliarize ourselves with this. Well, we ran those some of those plays thirty times, forty times last year. You know, Ty. The, some of the new guys needed to kind of learn, but you know, we were able to dive right into the fundamentals and technique. And what we believe as a staff is that, you know. We're going to try to put our players in the best spots we can possibly put them in, but it comes down to one-on-one matchups. And because the parity in this league is so tight, right, um, and and the player that you're going against on the opposite side is a lot of times just as good as you are, it comes down to a lot of fundamentals and technique. So we were able to dive into that early on, uh, earlier on than what we did last year to uh, this offseason uh, to really preach that to, to get ourselves better as, as football players. Nick, what, what is the challenge when you, you, you return virtually everyone, but then as, as a coordinator, you, you only get 60-some plays a game. You're going to have punches. You're going to have Paris Campbell now in general. What, what's the challenge of maximizing everybody with, mm-hmm. you know, with what you have to do week to week? I think the first challenge is just the, the type of guys that we have here, the, the challenge is, let me rephrase that, the challenge is when you have good guys, when you have, if you had bad guys, it'd be hard for them to say, realize that sharing is a, like, when everybody's getting a little piece of it, like, and, and guys are genuinely happy for each other, that's, that's, that's when you know you have a really good team, a, a cohesive team, and I feel like that, you know, when, when, uh, Speaking of this offseason, when Marlon makes a play, you know, uh, Devin's really happy for him. When T.Y. makes a play, you know, Zach Pascal's really happy for him. So, you know, I think that's the first challenge, and I think that's already been solved as far as, you know, the unselfishness. It's just because of the type of guys we have in here. Uh, But, you know, you want to get those guys involved. You want to, it's a good, it's, it's a great problem to have. Uh, It's a great problem to have because you can take what the defense gives you. And so, you know, as far it, it may be a problem as far as you know, it, it, you have to spread it around a little bit. But it, it, well, shoot, I'll take that problem anytime when we can when we can get that. Where you know, who do we? Th- which one of these stars do we throw to this this time? Or my wallet's too big for my hundreds or whatever whatever it is. Or that you know, that's a good problem to have. So we have to throw to this guy. I mean, it, it's right. It's we do. You, yeah, you can do it. Like. You can do what the defense, uh, you know, does gives to you. So I'm gonna still move Ty around to get him where we need him to get to to give him the ball. But 
you know, it's just a lot, lot of other weapons uh, to use. Maybe what is the balance with Harris Campbell, a guy that you obviously want to grow and become a complete wideout, but not throw too much at him because I assume you're going to count on him for a big role this year? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's just that's a case by case. How how is he picking up the offense? And and it's just not it's just not knowing what to do. It's knowing how to do it. So you you got to have that feel of you know. I think we we we've as as a coaching staff done a good job of saying of have a feel of yeah he knows what to do, but does he truly know how to do it? Does he know the techniques that that we're trying to teach him? So it's just bringing him along a little bit by a little bit. And like I said, everybody's a little different. You know, Paris is picking it up very quickly, and he's picking up the techniques that we're asking him to do quickly. And and he's and he's and he's doing it. He's having a good. He's having a good uh, OTA minicamp session. So uh, again, we're just bringing him along at his pace. You know, not by. We sure we want him to know everything right away, but that's just not realistic. What were your first impressions of him when you saw him on film? Speed, fast. You know that's that's uh, you know, when you get when you get that speed. We all know the the T Y Hilton, what T Y has been here, right? And that, a lot of that is how fast he's been. You know he he's, he's done a lot. What he's done, obviously, he's an instinctive player, but a lot of it started off with because of his speed. So when you get that type of you know that that type of athleticism, that type of speed, it really puts a lot of threat in the defense. And you can just kind of visualize of, you know, the defensive backs backing up because they're covering him. I don't want to get beat deep, right? So that's kind of the first things that start to float through your mind. And then just how good he is with the ball in his hands. So not only is he, he can stretch the field vertically, you can get him the ball underneath. And we saw them, we saw the, Ohio State did a great job last year getting him the ball underneath and letting him, you know, run with it. And it's pretty, you know, it's it's a simpler throw for the quarterback, hey, right here, as opposed to down the field, and then let him go do the, all the work. So as those are the those are the two really exciting things to see, uh, and then um, that jumped off on tape, and then obviously his production uh, for how many catches he had last year. Nick, once this summer break arrives, can you give us a sense how much are you and Frank bugging each other? Ideas popping in your head. Got to call him right now. This can't wait. Yeah, you know that's that's funny. You asked that question because we were in a we were in chapel the other day, a Bible study the other day, and Frank made it known. He's like, "Hey, the prayer we had prayer partners," and he said, "Don't Nick. I'm not picking Nick's because we just we need a break from each other right now." It was really it's funny that he said that because he just said that the other day. He, so we we try to take a break from each other because uh, we spend so much time together, and that's per his request, not as much my request. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we're, there, there's going to be a text probably a day or a phone call every other day just to say, just to, you know, because of the ideas that they're, I'm probably scripting practice for a training camp and, hey, what do you think of this? So it, even though he tries to get away from me, he's not going to be able to so easily. <laughs> Is that drive a significant other's crazy? Isn't this <laughs> cell phones down time? Yeah. I don't know about I don't know about Linda, but my wife Brett, yeah, she uh, she she's she understands, but she'll be like, hey, kids are swimming in the pool, why don't you go get in with them? So, but yeah, it, it could. Nick, are you still you still get those written tests this off season? Have you been doing that this off season? And to the earlier question about you know progressing in the offense, if so, are they harder? Different? Yeah, we're we're still doing those. Yeah, we're still challenging them. We 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 try to make everything a competition as much as we possibly can. And particularly in phase one where you're not out in the field, that is a great way to do it. We'll do it within the meeting, uh, but then we'll also do the written test to, to 
you know, just to compete with each other. You know, so if they're not competing with each other out in the field or in individual drills, we just try to find ways to do that. And that really was more of a focus on phase one and phase phase two when we weren't on the field as much. Uh, but yeah, we still did it. Frank, this time last year, first time head coach, you know him going back to San Diego and how he is now compared to last year as head coach. Do you see much difference? You know what, I've just always thought he's such a dynamic leader. So I just continue to see that grow in him. You know, he was a great leader last year. He's continued to be a great leader. And, and he truly preaches what – he truly practices what he preaches by getting a little, little better every day. So that those incremental uh, gains that he makes as a leader every, every day, they're noticeable. So, yeah, and then, you know, just by everything. So, yeah, it's hard to imagine that he's a – you know, he can do much better, but he, he does. He just continues to grow as a leader, in my opinion. When you say dynamically, what do you mean by that? I just think he has a way of connecting with everybody. Um, he, he, first of all, his knowledge of football, he, he can connect with anyone with football um, because of his knowledge on, of, as every position. Like, he's not just talking to the quarterbacks, he's talking to the receivers, he's talking to the line, he's talking to the defensive backs, he's talk, and he's coaching those guys up. So I think that is the instant connection because of the relationship of a coach and a player or a coach and a coach. And then on top of that, he just has a, a good feel of how to small talk with guys and connect with guys. I just think that's a sign of a – right, the sign of a good leader is you can connect with people and then you can raise their level of play or their level of coaching just by your knowledge and how you inspire guys and um, just preach to them getting better. And, he, and just the guys, you can tell the guys really go by that uh, – uh, motto, and they continue to get better, and that's off of Frank's leadership. What is the next step you would like to see out of this offense? Yeah, I, I, you know, definitely what we did last year w was really good uh, in a lot of different categories. Obviously, we want to improve in the running game. We don't want to be the 20th ranked uh, run game in the NFL next year. We want to be in the top five. We know that if we're in the top five, um, all our goals are really uh, attainable of what we want to do. And and so I really like to see you know that's really what we've been working on. We, we've we've done a lot of runs in this OTA session, um, and then obviously in minicamp and just uh, perfecting that run game to try to get those games where we had those 200 yard games and be more. It's going to be hard to get 200 yard games. We get that, but be more consistent in running the football as far as you know. It, it needs to be over 120 each game. So. That, that's where I'd like to see us, you know, take our next stride and just be more consistent running the football uh, and, and shoot for that top five. Just to follow up on the running game thing, can, can you do what you need to do, top five or whatever, throwing it 61% of the time, or, or will, will you have to find a better path? You know, I, I think it's, yeah, I, I never thought, I never think too much about the percentage. I think it's probably going to be 60% of the time throwing though and I mean that's just this league 40 percent running uh and yeah I do believe that we can do that um it's interesting when you get up when you when you have leads and you're playing in the in out in front of people it's easy to it's not easy but it, it's and you get into those four minute situations you know that's where your runs really start to pile up and maybe you were 60 40 all game or you were even 65 35 all game, but then you, you have that lead going into the fourth quarter. You have that lead with four minutes left to go in the game, and now those runs really catch up right there. So I, I think we – I know we can accomplish our, you know, our goals of being top five by still, you know, passing the football. Again, because when you can pass it too, it's, it, they work hand in hand. 
when you can run it, right, they, they pile up the box and now you're able to hit your chunk pass plays behind it and vice versa. When you can throw it, they're a little scared of leaving one high safety in the field. They bring two high safety, they, bring, they stay in two high safeties and now you can run it. So it goes hand in hand and I think they complement each other and there's got to be that good balance. Last question, Although Blair. there has been limited with the gap strength, he said yesterday he has thrown and all that, just how much of a relief is there that there aren't these questions lingering about <coughs> his shoulder as you guys go into training camp this time around? Yeah, that, that, uh, I wouldn't say I, I, I wasn't having sleepless nights last year at this time, but I was always a, it was always, as much as we said, you know, we weren't, it was always, you always had to think about that and what your plan was with that. And now knowing that he's back to form and it's, and it's, uh, you know, and we know he's going to be healthy for training camp, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a much easier feeling because uh, we know how valuable Andrew is to this offense and this football team. So that's the Colts offensive brain trust on the other side of the ball. The defense led by Matt Eberflus coming in to coach the Colts defense. And really, he was here even before Frank Reich. If you remember, he was a Chris Ballard choice to lead the defense when uh, Josh McDaniels was supposed to be head coach. But in fact, as you all know, Josh did not come to Indy, but Matt Eberflus did and stayed and Boy, I think a whole lot of Colts fans are really happy that he did. Came in and helped the Colts uh, finish 10-6 in the regular season with their uh, much-improved defense that finished 11th in the league in total defense, 8th in rushing defense, and that mark was actually the team's best since 1995, so had one of the best rushing defenses they have had in a very, very long time here in Indianapolis, and only 10th in the NFL in points allowed. So serious steps forward for the defense last year. Uh, obviously some steps to go, and that's kind of what um, Matt talked about during his time in front of the media at minicamp. So let's hear what he had to say about what he expects for the team in the future. Hello. Uh, what, what's been sort of the, the emphasis for you this offseason? Last year, obviously, this time you're just putting, putting the, the system in. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you sort of in the progression of things you know, this time around? Yeah, I think that, you know, this time of year you put your foundation in. You know, so you, you should have, we say about, 80% of your defense in by the time you finish up this last uh, mini camp. So, um, and you're auditioning new things, trying new things, new ideas that we we looked at when we looked at our cutups. Hey, this would be a good addition. We need to subtract this and all those things. But that's what you're trying to do at this time of year, you know, with the overall scheme. Um, then the the more important issue is the individual technique and the individual player. You know, what are we doing as coaches to help them with their individual technique and fundamentals uh, through drill work, uh, through fully understanding what we're asking our players to do, and then really try to hone it down to uh, the, the drill work to help that player with that technique or fundamental. Now, you, you, you were so focused. You've always been on if 20, 22 players progress on a Sunday, get something for every one of them. Yep. What can kind of Justin Houston can one player bring to the defense? Yeah, I think uh, just uh, what he's done in the past, you know, and then that much more. You know, I think being in our, our scheme will certainly help him um, in terms of getting his hand in the dirt and getting off and, and uh, attacking that way. I think that will lend to his natural abilities, you know, and you don't just fall into 78 and a half sacks, you know, or 70, 79, wherever he is, but um, he knows how to rush the passer. You know, so it's important that we teach him the base fundamentals of the game 
um, and enhance his abilities, what he naturally does. Now, when you talk about trying new things this time of year, how much is the new personnel, just different body types, different athletes that you guys have acquired this year, how much does that allow you to do? Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's twofold there. There's really two, la- two layers to that uh, when you look at that. So first of all, what, what do you want to do schematically? And then, then what is the skill set of the player? So I, I think that's, there's a balancing act there. So you want to do something schematically, you, that's a good idea, sure. But now what does the individual player, what is his talent, what does he bring to the table in terms of his skill set? And then you kind of work it from there. You know? So you can never ask a player to do something he can't do. Let's, let's ask him to do something that he's really good at and let him do that. Matt, to, to piggyback on that, it does seem like you have a lot of corners who can play, you know, can drive in man coverage. Um, it looks like we've seen a little bit of that. Um, do you feel like there's either A, an opportunity to mix things up a little more, um, or maybe does that help you disguise things more? And what is, the, I guess, what opportunities does that bring? Yeah, I think it, it allows you to open up your package. I mean, every, every defensive uh, scheme has a man coverage concept to it, you know, either split safety man or single high man or whatever that concept is, match coverage, you know, it enables us to be able to look at those things and see, hey, how do they look? Let's look at the skill sets of our players. We get a chance to, you know, scrimmage another team, and which is great because you get a chance to cover another skill set, you know, which is always great. You know, so we'll mix and match different guys. We'll pair guys up to see where they are uh, relative to each call. So. Do you think you have a pretty good sense at this point of where the new guys fit in and what their strengths are, or do you still need to see yeah, we do. I would say I would say yes to that. You know, we have daily conversations with the uh, assistant coaches. You know, where is our where is the guys that we brought in, either acquired through the draft or free agency? Where are they at? You know, what are they doing well? What do they need to work on? Where do we see them ascending to? You know, potentially. You know, we got to let them do the work on the field, but where can we see player A ascend to? You know, where could he potentially go to at the end of training camp? So we're always looking at those things in terms of developing our depth. That's so important because, you know, during the course of the season, things happen, and you're always cross-training guys, and it's important to have a guy uh, like player A that can play this position, but he can also play that position. Um, I think that's so important to be able to do. So when something does happen injury-wise, that you don't miss a beat. What was your takeaway from the draft? I know it was like a couple months ago, but mm-hmm. you went heavy on defense. You added a lot of speed. I mean, that was the focus going in, Chris said, but what was your takeaway from a lot of those pieces you added? Uh, happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was, uh, it was good. I mean, we looked at a lot of players. Uh, the scouting staff uh, did an amazing job um, year two into the system uh, with them. And we fully understood and they fully understand, you know, uh, kind of the what we want and what we're looking for. And... I thought the process was really good. I mean, it was really a, a hand-in-hand, walking together, um, really really good process that way. And then the, the way it came out, you know, because, you know, you can never – the thing with the draft is that you can never fall in love with one guy, you know, because that guy's plucked and you're like, you know, okay. You, fo- you have guys that are at a certain spot and you like, you know, two, three, four guys at that spot. You say, hey, we like these guys at that spot. And then, sure enough – they just fall to you, and they say, okay, that guy got taken. That's okay. Here's our next guy. So I think the process of that w- was outstanding with Chris and his crew, and uh, the coaches really worked hard in terms of uh, 
given them the right answers in terms of, you know, what the, uh, what the player looks like, what's he going to do for us, you know, and, and really putting that vision out there of what the player is for our defense and for our team. So I think that was really what really well done. When you look at the, you look at the depth, the depth at cornerback, it seems like you know everybody talk about safeties. You know Darius linebacker. Mm -hmm. It seems like you're gonna have a pretty competitive uh, training camp for playing time at the cornerback spot. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think guys, uh, you know, we're always looking at who's gonna be number one. And then all the way down to six or seven, you know, you know, when you have that much depth, that's what you're looking at. Like, who's going to be the number one corner? Who's going to be number two? And we don't know the answers to that right now. We don't. We really don't. You know, we. It's all competitive from one all the way to five to six to seven. You know, so I think that's that's great. You know, puts it on on the players and let them compete, let them play, and and let it, let it happen naturally. And when we do that. It'll be great, and see how they line up. Matt, Frank talked about Bamboo maybe being more of a defensive end lately for you guys, that linebacker, mm -hmm. where you maybe first thought after the draft. What did you see that, that made your thinking go, okay, maybe more defensive end? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at a guy that like that that can play multiple spots. You know, it, there's, there's a couple of things that you look at there uh, when you're dealing with rookies. You know, so uh, first of all, you know, in terms of what can he do and how fast can he do it? You know, what's his development, you know, in terms of that, you know. So I look at, like, a guy like Darius Leonard last year. You're saying, well, we, we know he can play Will Linebacker. Now what can he do from there? You know, so let's make sure he gets this down first. And then, okay, we now he can play Mike sometimes in sub packages and all those different things. Now we can put him at a different spot, and he can be on the edge rushing, and he can do that in certain situations. So we let him grow into that. You know, so you have to find a starting point for every player, okay, and then see where, hey, where can he ascend to? And to answer your question, we thought that, hey, moving him now to end, to play end, is, is probably the best starting point for him relative to who he is, um, uh, what he brings to the table, and where can he impact our defense most, you know, at the earliest uh, fashion, in the earliest way. So when we looked at him, we, we looked at him a little bit in drill work. We kept looking at him. We put all our heads together. It was the whole defensive staff. It was, it was Chris. It was Frank. And then we decided, hey, let's put him here, and then we can build it from there. He, can he do different things, um, put him in different spots? No question he can do that. But let's get him, get his feet on solid ground at one spot and then kind of develop him from there. Matthew, you know, this is a played this style of defense over the years, um, you know, Tampa Bay or Chicago, the, the turnovers were always like a big part of their identity. Mm -hmm. um, what have you told your guys about that? And how much have you kind of thought about, you know, just more, just you know, producing more turnovers? And, and you know, I guess Darius was talking about it, it has to be kind of part of the culture and that kind of thing. Um, has that been a big emphasis? For you? It always is. It always will be. It's it's part of our core. It's it's what we believe in. It's what we practice every day. Um, you know, so I think it's just uh, part of who we are. You know, I think that you know. Uh, coaches have to emphasize it. Players have to do it every single day in practice. And our offensive players know that we're going to do it in practice too. So we're always going to get after the football. Um, and we just got to continue to do that. And with the, the growth the defense showed last year, maybe from the season before, what's going to tell you what's the next step? I'm guessing it's beyond just the league rankings. What, 
where does this defense seem to go and what are your expectations? Yeah, just just uh, help our team win football games. I know that sounds so simple, but you know what does it require for us to win football games? And, and, and what does the defense do to, to enhance that? Um, you know, takeaways is one of them. You know, how can we take the ball away more? You know, how can we set the field for Andrew? How can we do a better job of getting him a short field? Um, you know, so all those things, playing better situational football and third down and red zone in two minute, all the situations, um, and you're just trying to improve on all those things, but it all, all comes down to winning. It's about team playing team football, and I think that's so important uh, that we understand that how we fit into the team. Uh, offense, defense, and special teams. That looks like Hunt and Autry, probably your starters at defensive tackle right now. They played some end for you last year. Is there any concern that maybe you don't have this wide 330-pound body in the middle, or is that just not necessary? Uh, no, I just I think you look at the individual guy. You know, there's we have different uh, players in there. You know, we got Grover, um, who's who's uh, a nice big guy that's got great athletic ability for his size. Um, Margus, same way. Uh, Danico, same way. So we have some big players in there. We we really like that, you know, in there. And then you have different guys in there that are moving around. You know, Taekwon's in there now. So uh, we like the skill set at our at our defense tackle position. Matt, what did you see? A couple more. Yeah. Okay. After surgery, mm-hmm. find he's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been working hard in the meetings. You know, answering all the questions, really focused, paying attention. Um, you know, in the walkthroughs, he's been in there. Um, you know, in the back watching and, and focusing and, and, and just engaged mentally. And now he's starting to get on the field of the last couple of days, working with the trainers and the, and the therapists and all those things. So he'll be ready to go for summer conditioning. And I know he's excited about that to get ready to go for training camp. Matt, when you look at your rookie crew, do you get a sense these guys are ready to get out of the building here for a little bit? Well, hey, hey rookie year's a long year. You got to just grind it out. You know, that's, that's part of being a rookie. Um, but, uh, you know, those guys have been working hard, and uh, it's a good group. It really is. It's a mature group. They're mature, and they have a lot of talent, and we're, we're excited where they all are. Will the team turnover photo in the end zone be coming back this year? I hope so. I like it. Throughout the year last year, like last question, more and more with, with your disguise as guys get more comfortable with the scheme. Mm-hmm. Is that you start at a better base? Can you do more of that, build off of that? Yeah, I think that's that's always always something you're looking at doing. You know, the disguise of everything uh, is so important. You know, you're trying to give one more one more tick, one more second, half a second uh, for the the rushers to get home. And if we can do that to the quarterback, um, that's what our goal is. We're just trying to give them one more uh, six more inches to get home on the rush. So we're always looking to improve that. So that's what the Colts coaching staff, or at least the uh, the higher ups in the coaching staff, think about the Colts in this 2019 season. It'll be here before you know it. We at the Colts Blue Zone podcast will certainly have content for you from today all the way until the end of the season. But for the immediate future, we will hear from some of the players that spoke in front of the media during Colts minicamp. And uh, that podcast will be coming for you uh, in the near future. We'll get to that perhaps next week, uh, perhaps beyond that. uh, If we have some more Colts content to bring in, we can always bring in our Mike Chappell uh, to chat. If that is the case, we'll have him back here in studio. You can follow Mike for anything that might be happening on a day-to-day basis on Twitter at mchappell51. You can follow me at DaveG underscore sports. 
Sports. You can follow Joe Hopkins, who's on the board for us, at Roto Street Joe. And you can follow the Blue Zone podcast, which is, what do you know, at Colts Blue Zone. Make it easy for you. So that's the Colts Blue Zone podcast this week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe. Get delivered to your mailbox or your podcast listening device right when it becomes available. So we'll see you next time on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.